And, I mean, unless you have a sermon in you or something, okay, go for it, yeah. They're just, they just wanted to come and greet you, and we want you guys to know we pray for you constantly. We have a prayer meeting on Wednesdays, and almost every week we're praying for you guys by name. We're praying for our schools, and we believe in our local schools. We believe uh, that these kids are not only the future church, they're the church of today, and they're making a difference already. So I'll shut up and let you greet. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is I, Ken and I were talking this morning, maybe my fifth time here. And as I've come to realize, I'm sure I can start school until I've come to Journey Church. And, um, <clears throat> and feel the love that you have for us. I also am on Ken's weekly email, so I keep tabs on what's going on over here and make sure you guys are doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, but I also want to say congratulations to Mr. Messer. Uh, he and I have known each other for 12 years, I think, 13. I was doing some quick math. Mr. Messer and I worked together at McPherson Middle School in Clyde. So I know his heart, I know what kind of human being he is, and I'm so excited to have him here in the county, and I'm sure that you will be too. He's a wonderful human being. He's the tall one. <laughs> I will say I was really, really happy to see we didn't have to push this up and down or anything when we came up here to talk. Um, I'm Lucas Messer, new superintendent for Clyde Green Springs Schools. I really, really appreciate, guys, the hospitality and the invite. This is a pretty cool thing to see. I've never been out here before. Actually, yesterday I had to ask my wife, how do you even get in there? We were driving down Route 20, and she described it to me. I use my phone a lot for directions, I'll be honest. Um, as far as the back-to-school blessing goes, you know, being a new superintendent back home, to me it's an honor not only to be here to serve our kids, but to serve our staff, our community as a whole. We have a challenge in Clyde Green Springs this year that I've laid out to our school community, and that is to build a stronger community for CGS. Um, we talked about that a lot on opening day, and things like this are the bedrock that stuff like that is built on top of. So I do appreciate the hospitality. Look forward to a happy, safe, and healthy school year for our kids. We appreciate you guys, and, and at the end of our service, we're actually going to be inviting all of our kids to come up, all of our teachers and staff and administrators and bus drivers and cafeteria workers and janitors and anybody who is connected with our schools. And I'm going to ask you guys at the end, we're going to be drawing some names. So if you, Pastor Aaron talked about filling out those connection cards, every individual student will want a connection card because we got, I think, like eight gift cards we're giving away today, uh, uh, Amazon gift cards, so you guys will appreciate that. Hey, it was uh, a long long time ago, I mean a long, long, long time ago in the early 1950s. <laughs> and how, many of, how many of you were born in the 1950s? Raise your hand. Yeah. Long, long, long time ago. <laughs> it was in the 1950s. Yeah, now I've lost half the group. I won't get you back. That's all right. It was in the early 1950s that the Ohio legislature started examining, there was a small group that started examining the state motto. Up until then, the state motto had been this Latin phrase. No one could really pronounce it. No one could remember it. They didn't know what it meant. And Ohio was looking at some other states that had some really sexy, cool mottos, things like New Hampshire's, probably you've heard of it, live free or die. Or California has just a one-word motto, Eureka. That's literally their state motto. We, we often wonder about what's going on in California, but that's, right? 
And so, so Ohio was like the state legislature was saying, hey, we need, we need a new motto. And so they did something pretty cool. They decided to have a contest. And so they put it out to the citizens of the state and the residents, and they said, hey, let, we, we want your submissions of what could be our new state motto. There was a 12-year-old boy. In fact, how many 12-year-olds are in the room? If you're 12 years old, raise your hand. Yeah, several of you. Know, <laughs> Frank, you're not 12. I'm sorry. I, it's not true. Don't lie in the house of the Lord. All right, so, so there was a 12-year-old boy in Cincinnati named James Mastronardo, and he decided that he thought our state motto should be some words of Jesus that are found in the Bible, with God, all things are possible. He became so convicted of this, he convinced his parents to drive him to Columbus on two different occasions so that he could basically lobby state legislatures for this new motto. And once you know it, on October 1st, 1959, our state legislature adopted a 12-year-old boy submission with God, all things are possible, as our state motto. Isn't that pretty cool? I love that. Today, that motto is actually engraved. If you go into the state uh, uh, building, the state house, you'll find that motto literally engraved in the floor as you walk into the building. And Ohio is unique out of all the 50 states in our country as being the only state that our motto comes from Scripture. Isn't that interesting? And it's all because of a 12-year-old boy. A 12-year-old boy who believed in his core that this is actually true, with God all things are possible. And a 12-year-old boy who was willing to take a little bit of a risk because he really believed that all things are possible. I want all of our students in this room to know something. God can use you. And not just someday in the future. Students, listen to me, second graders, seventh graders, 11th graders, God wants to use you even today. He could use a 12-year-old boy. He can use you. The Apostle Paul, about 2,000 years ago, was writing to a young preacher, a guy who had just started out in ministry, a guy named Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, he said some words that if you've been around church world, you've probably heard these before, but they're really powerful. He says, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Some translations say, don't let people look down on you because you're young. Sometimes we think we can't do things because we're young. Well, I'm not really young anymore, but, you know, I used to think that, right? Like, and Paul's saying, no, don't let anybody look down on you. Don't let people think less of you because you are young. And he says, in fact, decide that you're going to flip the script. He said, instead, be an example to everyone in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, and in your purity. And I want to challenge, and this isn't just for the students. If you're an adult and you're going, okay, I don't have to listen today. No, this is for everybody in this room. What if we really believed that with God all things are possible? And what if we were willing to take a risk? So today in the next few moments that we have, we're going to look at three different stories from Scripture of young people who believed that with God all things are possible and were willing to take a risk. And for the first story, instead of boring you further having to listen to me, we have two of our Journey Kids teachers who are actually students themselves who are going to come and share the first one. So would you give it up for Kate and Logan as they come and share for us? Is it on? Are we good? Can you hear me? Awesome. So I just wanted to preface before we start, we're going to teach this the way that we would in kids, so it's not going to be like a sermon. It's going to be directed to the kids, so it might be really entertaining for the adults, but it'll hopefully keep the kids' attention. 
Are we ready? Mm -hmm. Okay. Hi, friends. Today we are learning that all things are possible with God. We're learning about David and Goliath today, and that story is found in 1 Samuel 17. I'm ready, and I even brought picture cards. Wait, wait a minute. I brought picture cards, too. I thought I was telling the story today. Well, we can both tell the story. What's important is that we teach our friends here that all things are possible with God. Okay, let's give it a shot. So our story starts off with a young man named David. He was tall, muscular, and handsome. Uh, Logan, did you read the story? David looked a little bit more like this. He was a young man, probably around 13 or 14 years old. Wait a minute. That's impossible. Goliath was like nine feet tall. He was a giant. I don't think that kid could take on a giant. It looks like he could barely take out the trash. Well, you have to remember, Logan, that all things are possible with God. You know, friends, let's say that together. Ready? All, all things, things are, are possible, possible with God. God. Well, okay, so this little guy, David, goes and gets ready to fight Goliath. But first, he goes to the king and gets an awesome set of new armor. Actually, the king tried to give David his armor, but it was way too big for him. And David knew that all he really needed was God on his side. Wait, that's impossible. Everyone knows if you're going to go into battle, you need to have armor. That's how it works. That's impossible. But it's not impossible because remember, all things are possible with God. You know, let's say that together. Ready? All, all things, things are possible, possible with God. All right, so he didn't have armor, but good thing he was the top general of the king's army and he was highly trained to take down giants. Actually, the only reason David knew about Goliath was because he was delivering food to his brothers. He wasn't even in the army. He was just a little shepherd boy. Are you kidding me? That's obviously impossible. You can't take, a, take down a giant without training. He had to be trained. But it's not impossible because if you'd remember what we're teaching our friends today, you know, all things are possible with God. All things are possible. You know, friends, let's say that together. Ready? All, all things, things are, are possible, possible with God. God. Okay, okay. I know the story from here. I know I got it. So our hero David gets ready to go and finally take down Goliath. He goes and gets a small little stone. And you know what he does, friends? He puts it in a cannon and he shoots Goliath. Boom! Now that's how you take down a giant. Logan, you had it. You almost had it up until the cannon. David didn't use a cannon. Cannons didn't even exist back then. All David used was one small stone and a slingshot, and he killed Goliath. Are you kidding me? You're telling me that little guy David killed Goliath without armor, without training, and without even a cannon? Everyone needs a cannon. That's impossible. But you don't need a cannon when you have God on your side, because remember, all things are possible with God. You know, friends, I think Logan really needs to hear that one more time. Say it with me. Ready? All, all things, things are possible, possible with God. God. Wait a minute. Is that kind of like today's memory verse? For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4.13. Yes, thank you. 
exactly it. Finally. Friends, why don't we say that verse together? Ready? For, For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4.13. Good job, friends. David was able to face Goliath, a man twice his size easily, all because he had God on his side. Now, I think we finally understand that all things are possible with God, but just in case we don't, let's say that together. Ready? All, all things, things are, are possible, possible with God. God. Good job, friends. Bye. See you next and time. always remember that all, all things, things are, are possible, possible with God. God. A lot of you adults are thinking that they should preach every week, huh? <laughs> Great job, you guys. So we were talking about the fact that, um, you know, we have a 12-year-old boy in Cincinnati. We just looked at an ancient kid from 3,000 years ago who they mentioned was 13, 14. There's some scholars who believe that he was even as young as 12 years old, but he believed that with God all things are possible, and he decided to take a risk. There's two more stories that we want to look at, and I promise that these will be pretty short. But in 2 Kings chapter 5, there's a story that probably a lot of you have never even heard of. Some of you have been in church your whole life, and you've never heard this story. There was a little girl, and to set this up, we got to understand that she lived in one of the most volatile times of Israel's history. You know, a lot of times, if you've been a Christian and you've read the stories from the Old Testament, maybe you've thought that Israel was like this huge nation, you know, for generations upon generations. Most of Israel's history, they were actually the underdogs. They were constantly being attacked by other nations. Nations would come in and take territory. They would come in and steal their agricultural resources or any kind of valuables that they would have. And this little girl lived in a time when the Arameans had come in and they had invaded Israel and they had not only taken territory and agriculture and all that, they had actually taken people to be slaves. And she was one of the people taken. And I just, you know, sometimes when we think about being used by God, we, we think of people who have, you know, everything's going hunky-dory, everything's cupcakes and unicorns. But this is a little girl that I can't imagine the grief that she felt. I can't imagine the anger that she felt. Can, can you imagine just the hurt that she had gone through in her life, that she had been ripped from her family, learning a brand new language, not knowing these people at all, and now she's having to be a household servant for a family? Well, her master was a guy named Naaman, and he had been diagnosed with something that in the ancient world was a death sentence. It was something called leprosy. We actually talked about it a few weeks ago. If, if you weren't here, you can Google leprosy. It's a horrific, horrific disease, especially in the ancient world. And I think about this little girl whose master has been diagnosed with leprosy. And if I was a little girl, I'll be honest, I think I would have been like, serves him right. Right? Like, he's getting what he should be, what should be coming his way, right? But this little girl, I, I don't even know how other than that God did this. She had compassion upon her master. And she actually spoke out these words. She said, you know what, if you would go to my homeland of Israel, and if you would get an audience with the prophet Elisha, I know that my God can heal you. I think about the fact that she believed that with God all things are possible. And she took a risk of opening her mouth when probably everything in her wanted to just say, just die, scumbucket. She didn't. She took that risk. I'm not going to spoil the story. You can read it in 2 Kings chapter 5. 
But her master Naaman took that trip. And this little girl, even though she's only mentioned in two verses of Scripture, was a difference maker. I can't help but wonder if maybe some of you in this room, whether you're a little or whether you're old, maybe some of you in this room have experienced abuse. Maybe some of you in this room have experienced things that you can't understand and you don't, you don't even know how God could have allowed you to go through it and there's pain and there's grief that you've experienced. Can I submit to you that God doesn't just want to use the people who have it all together. That maybe he wants to use you. That God would want you to have it in your heart that with God all things are possible and that maybe you would take a risk. Maybe the risk is having a conversation. Maybe the risk is telling somebody that you don't even necessarily like. That you serve a God who can heal. Our third story actually takes place, and some of you will be a little more familiar with this one, takes place in the times of Jesus about 2,000 years ago. And we read this story in John chapter 6. It's about a little boy. Again, all, all of our characters today, littles, and he's a little boy who had heard about Jesus. Now, this is, this is in a time before Jesus' death, before Jesus' resurrection. This is when Jesus was teaching, and he had heard all about Jesus. He'd heard, man, he was a great communicator. He'd heard about the miracles that Jesus had performed, about how Jesus had healed people. And this little boy, just, he just wanted to hear Jesus himself. And he decided to take a journey. Most believe that he walked miles in order to see Jesus. And he gets to where Jesus is teaching, and there's thousands of people there. I mean, thousands of people. And he's sitting there, and he's trying to listen to Jesus the best that he can. And he hears a rumbling behind him, and it's one of Jesus' actual followers. These guys were called disciples. And, and this follower comes, and he's asking the crowd, hey, does anybody have any food? And all these people in the crowd, all these adults in the crowd are lying through their teeth. Because I don't believe for a minute that nobody else in the crowd had any food. They're like, no, they're hiding their Lay's potato chips under their robes and, and their sandwiches. And nobody has any food. And this disciple's looking frustrated. And he says, you know, surely somebody's got to have some food. And this little boy had packed a lunch. He had come prepared. He was a Boy Scout. Like 20% of the room even gets that. And he came prepared, and, and he had some fish, and he had some bread, and packed away, and, and he, he offered it to the disciple, even though he had to be hungry, because I've never met a little boy who wasn't hungry. <laughs> Amen, right? He had to be so hungry, and yet he did something that, that maybe at first it doesn't sound like it's a big deal, but it's a huge deal, because he offered Jesus everything that he had. He said, you can take my lunch. I don't have to eat today. I know it's a long journey home, but if Jesus wants some food, I'll give him my food. Well, a lot of you guys know the story that Jesus took that, and there was over 10,000 people. We know there was 5,000 men alone, and it, most people believe there was over 10,000 people there. And Jesus took that little boy's lunch, just a little bit of fish, a little bit of bread, and Jesus began to break it. And it began to multiply, and it fed the whole crowd. Again, because there was a little boy who believed with God, all things are possible. And he was willing to give what he had. See, sometimes this all things are possible thing takes shape in different ways. Maybe, maybe for David, it's taking on a giant. And maybe there's a giant in your life. Maybe it's a literal person, a bully, someone that you can't stand. And, and, and you got to, but maybe it's an idea. Maybe it's a lie that you've been believing that you need to take down. Maybe for you, in the midst of hurt, in the midst of grief, in the midst of maybe even experiencing horrific things in your life, maybe for you the risk is having a conversation, telling somebody about a God who heals. Maybe for you it's 
giving what you have and just saying, God, I, I don't even think this is valuable. I don't even think what I have is really worth much, but I'll give you my abilities. I'll give you my strengths. I'll give you my personality. I'll give you the experiences that I've been through. I'll give you, I'll give you what I have so that you can use it. In every instance, their faith to believe that with God all things are possible and the risk that they took, that faith that they had in each occurrence, God made a difference through them. And I want to challenge every student in this room, but I also want to challenge every adult in this room, every aunt or uncle in this room, every teacher in this room, maybe every bus driver in this room. What if this year God wants to make a difference in and through just your simple faith that with God all things are possible? And through your simple risk of stepping out and doing something that might seem a little uncomfortable for the sake of somebody else. You say, why, why does all this matter? It matters because we live in a world that is so broken. I mean, I don't even have to tell you about it because we all know it. We all look around and we go, what is wrong with our world? What is wrong with our world? We can boil it down to one word. It's sin. Sin. You say, what do you mean? Sin changed everything. God didn't originally create the world to be like this. He created the world to be a place where of, of full relational intimacy with one another, knowing God, knowing one another, no shame, no secrecy. He, he created this to be a place of life and light and joy where we would know each other selflessly. There would be no greed. But sin changed all of that. And we're all broken because of sin. We're all helpless because of sin. There's only one cure to sin, and that is that Jesus came to this earth and became one of us. Jesus, the Son of God, came and lived among us and taught and healed people and performed miracles. But ultimately, what Jesus did was to lay his life on the cross to take upon himself the punishment that all of humanity deserves to take. We all deserve to die and to go to hell. Jesus took upon himself all of the curse, all of the shame, and he died. In fact, a lot of you are familiar with the death of Jesus. You've seen crosses and seen Jesus on the cross around Easter time. Maybe you've heard that story, but why did Jesus die? He died to take upon himself the punishment that I deserve. He died to cancel the curse of sin. And that's why we share the message of Jesus. But here's the cool thing. Jesus didn't just stay dead. We're not a religion that worships a leader who is dead and in a grave. Jesus conquered the grave on the third day when he busted through the wall of death. And he proved that he has the authority and the power to change your life. Whatever you're going through, he has the power and authority to change your life. And for us, it's, it's coming to grips with the fact that, God, I can't do this life on my own. In and of myself, God, I am broken, I am helpless, I am powerless, I'm sin-stained and sin-covered. I need you to rescue me. And you know, when you humble yourself and you pray that kind of prayer in your own words, Jesus, I can't do this, I need you, I believe you died on the cross for me. Jesus does something extraordinary in your life. Some of you are going, well, you don't know what I've done. Yeah, but I do know with God all things are possible. You don't know about my past. You don't know what's been done to me. I do know that with God all things are possible. And we serve a God who can restore you and heal you. And all it takes is humbling yourself and saying, Jesus, have mercy on me. Forgive me. 
Come into my life. Do in me what I can't do for myself. Save me, but empower me to live for you as well. And before we move on, in a moment, we're going to have our students come up, and we want to bless them, and we're so excited to do this. But before we do that, I just want to pray that I believe this could be the, this could be the reason why you came this morning. Beyond getting a free t-shirt or beyond seeing your friends or beyond whatever the motivation was, this could be the moment is that you would give your life to Jesus. We're talking about a fresh start to a school year. So whether you're young or you're old, whether you're three years old or you're 93 years old, this could be a fresh start for you. I'm going to ask all around this room if you would close your eyes and bow your heads. We're not going to embarrass anybody. This isn't going to be a thing where we have you stand up and have everybody look at you. But if you're here this morning, you say, Ken, life isn't going the way that I thought it would. And I keep trying to find hope. I keep trying to find fulfillment in other things. And it just, it just isn't doing it. And, and I recognize I've been trying to lead my life on my own and for myself. But I recognize this morning, I need Jesus. I've been trying to live my life with, with maybe some semblance of Jesus. But he's never really been the active, actual leader of my life. And this morning, I want to hand over the reins. And have him empower my life. Have him forgive me of my sins and be the master and leader of my life. If that's you, again, we're not going to embarrass you. And, and I ask right now that there would just be no moving around the room because this is really serious. But if that's you, would you just raise your hand really high so I can pray for you. Yeah, I see you back there. Yeah, I see you. Yeah, I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Yeah. Anybody else? If you've raised your hand, you can lower it. Anybody else? Yeah, I see you guys back there. Anybody else? You can lower your hand after you've raised it. That's great, you guys. Lots of kids in the room raising their hands. That's awesome. God loves you, kids. He loves you. He has a purpose for you. Not someday. He has a purpose for you today. He wants to use you. That you can believe that with God all things are possible. And you can take risks for him this year. Father, I pray for my friends who just raised their hands. They recognize they need you in their life. And so I pray, God, that under their breath, even now, they would just say, Jesus, I believe in you. You died on the cross. You were resurrected from the grave. You came to rescue me from my sin, to save me. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I ask that you would be the actual, active master of my life. That I would go wherever you want me to go. That you would lead me. That you would empower me. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You have no idea what God can do through you. Every kid in this room, just look at me for a second. You have no idea what God can do through you. You have no idea. God wants to use you. He loves you, and he wants to use you. So let's believe that with God all things are possible. And let's take some risks this, this school year. Do some things that maybe are a little outside of our comfort zone for the sake of others. For the sake of others getting to know this God who has saved us and loves us so much. Well, this is the part where we're going we're gonna to pray over our students and we're, gonna, we're actually going to literally bless some of our students with some gift cards. And so here's how this is going to work. In a moment, I'm going to have all of our students come forward, all of our, um, anybody who's involved in our schools in any way. So administrators, teachers, any support staff who are employed by our schools, we're going to ask you guys to come up as well. And we're going to have two different colored buckets, okay? So we have white buckets, 
that are going to be for connection cards from our students. So students, when you come up, go ahead and bring that connection card up with you. Moms and dads, maybe even real quick, you might need to help them with this. And then all of our support staff, teachers, administrators that are here, you guys bring up a connection card as well. You're going to put them in the red buckets, okay? And so Pastor Aaron and others who are helping us with the buckets, if you would uh, come on up. And and we can have we can have people up here on the platform. We have plenty of room. And then we can also have some people down on the floor as well. So we're going to make several big, long lines across here. We're going to pray over you, and then we're going to draw some names. So go ahead and come on up, all of our kids, students. Teachers, administrators, cafeteria workers, bus drivers. You guys can go ahead and jump up on the platform too. This is your chance. Any school district. Yeah. Any school district. Homeschoolers, you guys as well. Homeschool teachers, which many times are parents. You guys can come on up too, be a part of this. College age as well. Yeah, absolutely. Any college students that are in the room? college teachers or administrators from Tara or from wherever. Go ahead. There's plenty of room up here, so go ahead. If some of you need to get up here, you're welcome to do that. Holy cow. How you doing, bud? All good. All right. So make sure you get your connection cards in a white bucket for students, in a red bucket for teachers, administrators, how many of you have a connection card and you're trying to figure out where it's supposed to go? Raise it really high. Raise it really high. All right. We have red buckets are coming your way. White buckets. Wow. This is awesome, you guys. I love this. This is so cool. We got some world changers up here, right? Hey, kids, I want you, if you can, I want you to look out at this congregation. So look out at all those scary faces that I have to preach to every week. If you're out in the congregation, smile. You always look more beautiful and pretty and handsome when you smile. That's awesome. Hey, I want you to look out at their faces. I want you to know there are a bunch of people cheering for you guys. There are a bunch of people who are on your side. Yeah, they love you. They're cheering for you. Listen, they, they don't, they're not just cheering for you, they're praying for you. In fact, out in the congregation, if you will commit this week, and, and really throughout the school year, especially maybe you drive by a school or God puts in your mind, how many of you out there would say, I'm going to commit to praying for our students and for our schools, yeah, for our teachers and ministry, yeah. I want you to know these people are praying for you, they love you, they're cheering for you, they support you. And here at Journey Church, we love you. We're so proud of you. We're so glad that you're here. And we want to pray over you, all right? So we're all going to bow our heads and close our eyes, and I just want to pray a prayer blessing over you. Father, I thank you for every student that is up here. I thank you for every teacher, all of our administrators, all of our support staff that are here. God, we just speak blessing. We bless them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, we speak protection over our schools and over our students. Protect them from evil. Protect them from any attempt to bring violence. In the name of Jesus, we speak over our buildings and over the grounds, our school grounds. God, that they would be protected in the name of Jesus. We pray that you would give our administrators and teachers alertness and clear-mindedness, God, to see danger. 
in the name of Jesus. God, we speak over our students' life and light and joy. God, we pray that this would be the best year ever, that they would learn, that they would understand the concepts that are being taught. God, we speak over them provision that every need that they have would be met, oh God. Father, I pray you would encourage them. To those who are excited about going back to school, some have already gone back to school, those who are excited, God, we just thank you for that. For those who are nervous and maybe scared about going back to school, God, we pray that you would calm them, that your peace would just hover over them and rest over them. God, we bless them. We thank you for them. Thank you for these teachers and administrators. God, we pray that you would just bless them big time this year. God, this would be their best year of teaching ever, especially after the last couple of years, God, that this would, be, this would just be a redemption year, oh God. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.